0: We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by Prediction Strike. Prediction Strike is the only performance-based sports stock market where you can buy and sell shares of professional athletes. Use promo code SGPN NBA to receive a free athlete share with your first deposit of $20 or more. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. And welcome everyone to the NBA gambling podcast part of the sports gambling podcast network currently eleven fifty-one on the east coast and joining me this morning to talk about some western conference win totals is sgpn the man's all over the place out of nowhere to go with the introduction anymore it's scott Rychell. scott i know you're I, I don't know i'll let you explain how you're feeling this morning and how you doing buddy
1: Well, I'll feel a lot better once Aaron Boone gets fired or doesn't get (laughs) re-signed or however you want to phrase it, but his contract's up. Yankees, not exactly an ideal performance yesterday, but it's kind of the performance you would be somewhat expecting if you followed the Yankees all season long because this team was definitely not as good as they usually were. Offensively, they were a wreck. Pitching-wise, Cole was a disaster late. So... I feel like it was a good microcosm to kind of summarize the entire season for Mm -hmm. the Yankees, but as a Yankees fan, yeah, it kind of sucks. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I guess you're welcome for not being Toronto, so you had an easier (laughs) trip to the actual playoff, Uh, you know, uh, breakdown there as you have to now take on Tampa. But, yeah, we'll see what happens during the offseason, but other sports going on, I'll survive, believe it or not. Uh, but your team's still hanging in there, so we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, now we're going up against the best team in the American League, so that's going to be a tall order for them to do, but like you said, I think it'll be done in probably four games uh, for the Rays to get to the championship series, but yeah, I mean, you know, the Red Sox played well last night, right? And we talked about this on the game, oh, sorry, the MLB gambling podcast that if the Red Sox get to Cole early, I think they should maybe be in control of that game, and they were pretty much the rest of the way, and we also talked about that someone outside of Stan is going to have to step up. And I mean, Rizzo had the solo home run, but outside of that, there was nothing else that happened for the Yankees offense. So um, yeah, I think a lot of changes coming for the Yankees. I think it has to start with the managerial position, but um, yeah, it'll be an interesting offseason. It always is for the Yankees. Um, so plan for today's show. NBA is less than two weeks away. We did the Eastern conference uh, win totals um, podcast episode. With myself and uh Terrell today, I have on Scott to discuss the Western Conference. Um, so Scott, let's just dive right into it. Man, I just want to kind of talk about the Western Conference as a as a whole before we get into this to the win totals here. Obviously, we have the senior citizen center in LA with the Lakers, with all the veterans: Carmelo, Russ, uh, Dwight Howard, Ray John Rondo, all back in LA with the Lakers kind of reminiscent of the 2004 Lakers, I think it was the year where they had Karl Malone and Gary Payton come in there, the Shaq and Kobe. What, what do you think is, I guess, the projection for the Lakers this season as far as how the fitting and all that is kind of going to go for them? I mean, I think well, adding Russell Westbrook is going to be a very, very interesting fit.
1: Well, that's kind of the interesting dynamic here. It it isn't really even if all three of them can coexist. It's what's the role going to be for Westbrook alongside LeBron and alongside Anthony Davis. Because Westbrook, whether or not you think he's a tremendous player, which talent-wise he is, he's always been an alpha. And now he's going to be not even a beta in this team. He might Mm -hmm. be the third guy. So I am kind of curious if he can actually accept that reduced a role at this stage in his career because we saw in Washington, even then, he he was still the guy, even if you wanted Beale to be the guy. Sorry, he just wasn't because <laughs> yeah. it was gonna be Westbrook handling the ball the majority of the time. Having said that, I do kind of have a couple of questions about some quotes that Westbrook has made over the offseason. And it mostly involves his relationship with Anthony Davis. Now he said that he got brought into LA to basically push Anthony Davis harder than Davis has ever been pushed before. Mm -hmm. And his goal is to try to make sure that Anthony Davis, who's extremely talented gets, I don't want to say the attention he needs, but gets the pushing he needs to fully maximize his potential. And the problem I guess I have with that is that if Anthony Davis gets injured all the time anyway, without being pushed by one guy in, in Russell Westbrook, is he going to fully stay healthy when he's being pushed by a guy who has the same intensity as yeah. a Westbrook type, and that's kind of my main question because I feel like they should be doing the opposite. I think the goal is to stay healthy for the regular season mm-hmm. and then kind of dominate in the playoffs. Westbrook doesn't do that. Westbrook's the kind of guy who's going to try to put the pedal to the metal in every single game he plays, yeah. no matter what. And I'm a little bit concerned that if Anthony Davis tries to follow that Westbrook ideology of trading every regular season game like it's the last, et cetera, there's no way Anthony Davis is going to survive. I think we would agree right. with that.
0: Yeah, 100%. I think that Westbrook is going to be that regular season guy for the for the Lakers. But when it comes to the playoffs, we know in the one season that he was here with Houston, Westbrook is not that playoff type of player that you need to kind of get your team over the top or give you that edge. Um and we talk about this every single season with Anthony Davis, that he's going to miss some time, whether it's 10 games, 12 games, 20 games, there's going to be a period where he's going to miss some type of games. And I think it's interesting that you said that they brought in Westbrook to push Davis to his potential. Well, what those the hell are Westbrook's
1: Le- words, by the way, those aren't my words.
0: Oh yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. Westbrook said that, right? Well, you have LeBron James on this team. So what the hell has he been doing this whole time? If, not, if he's not pushing Anthony Davis to... Be the best that he can be, so I that's kind of curious to me, but um I, I don't know do you when you have LeBron James on your team, do you expect this team to finish as maybe what the number one seed in the Western Conference or anything other than that would probably be a disappointment for the Lakers, don't you think?
1: Well, that's the point is it who cares? <laughs> Lebron's proven his entire career? That's he true. doesn't exactly need the one seed in order to be successful, but yeah. I feel like when it comes to the injury aspect, which is why I brought up the Westbrook thing. The issue is that all three of these guys have had a recent injury history mm. where it has not fared too well. Now, of course, LeBron's been durable for most of his career. Yeah. A couple of years ago he got injured. Fluky thing that happens. Last mm. year he got injured with the Solomon Hill incident. Meanwhile, you have Anthony Davis, who's always injured. Yeah. And even Westbrook, who was playing through a leg issue for most of the season. He got better midseason. And then once the playoffs came around, Westbrook once again looked like a shell of himself, so he might have re-aggravated the injury. So Mm -hmm. I'm kind of curious what the strategy is going to be for the Lakers in the regular season, because Westbrook wants to just put everything he has into every game because that's how he's wired. If you're talking about what the smart strategic move is, you should be alternating these guys for resting purposes because we all know whether they're the one seed, the four seed, even the sixth seed, who cares? You get all three yeah. of those guys together in a Western Conference, which we would agree is pretty weak compared to the Eastern Conference this year. Yeah, They'll be fine no matter what.
0: Yeah, and I, and I think to that point is that I think the Western Conference is a little more wide open this, this year or a little weaker, you can say, also because of the injuries to you know Kawhi Leonard mm-hmm. and Jamal Murray, who's probably going to miss 75 80% of the season anyway. Um, and it looks a little more wide open, right? The teams that we usually expect to be in the top four seeds um are still going to have injuries like i just mentioned with with murray and Kawhi and clay thompson's not going to be back i think Mm. uh till what new year's time probably but um we'll see what happens there going to the other team in la quickly want to touch on them also the clippers um how much of a chance you give this team without their best player in Kawhi leonard i mean do you think paul george is going to be able to carry this team I guess to, I think their win total is at 45.5. We'll get into the win totals in a second, but uh, the others, let's talk about the others. The Reggie Jacksons of this team, do you think that's going to be enough help for Paul George to, uh, I guess, be competitive throughout the season?
1: Well, first of all, the Reggie Jackson signing, I do think is one of the most underrated signings of the offseason because, truth is, I did not expect him to go back to the Clippers. I just figured that he was so good in the playoffs, somebody would have thrown the bag at him, whether he was even worth the price. I felt like a team that didn't make the playoffs might overextend, as we always see in every offseason, to yeah. go for Reggie Jackson. And somehow he ended up back with the Clippers. But mm-hmm. the point is that even without Kwai, the Clippers looked really good in the playoffs. Uh, they gave Phoenix a run for their money. Yeah. You could even talk about the Utah series where Kwai missed a lot of the games and they still ended up w- doing well and they won that series in general. Mm-hmm. But when you say what the chances of success If we're assuming that the Lakers are going to stay healthy, do I think that this Clippers team without Kawhi has any shot of beating the Lakers in a seven-game series? The answer is no. So if you want to talk about can they beat Phoenix, maybe. But if you're talking about if their ceiling is winning a title with Paul George being the guy, no. the answer is no. no. It's not not just because of Paul George because he was actually very good in the postseason last year. But, you know, we just talked about ADs most likely going to miss time at some point. Mm-hmm. Paul George is missing time at some point. It yeah. is what it is.
0: Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, it almost seems like, you know, we have a, a team or two that's like the Lakers, if they're, if they're healthy at the end of the season, that can make that run. But, again, it'll be interesting to see where, where you know, some of these teams line up and how they deal with the injuries. That's um, the thing.
1: I don't, I don't know what the Clippers were supposed to do. Yeah. Your best player has a, has a knee issue. He's out for the year and you have too much cap space tied up into Paul George and some other guys anyway. Yeah. So you're kind of just stuck in championship purgatory where your team is probably not good enough to seriously compete for a title, but it's not bad enough to fully tank. So you have to just go through the course and see what happens. But the Clippers, they're a playoff team. Mm -hmm. The question is, can they win enough to make it to the Western Conference Finals again? I'm not sure about that, but we'll see.
0: Yeah, I agree with everything 100% what you just said. Um, As a whole landscape of the Western Conference, any other points maybe you want to touch on before we get into these win totals?
1: Uh, I feel like the main point that I just had, maybe it was me when I was actually just going through these. I had a hard time coming up with the last one just because the Western Conference, maybe it was just me. You were being more polite about it. I don't think it's very good this year. (laughs) You have a couple of teams that could potentially explode. Yeah. Uh, for example, I was it out there like Golden State. Yeah. You can't really feel confident taking the over because you don't know when Clay's coming back. Right. But you know that if they're healthy, this team could do big things because they have done that in the past. But that's yeah. just an example. There's a lot of boomer bust teams for me that have ceilings, but I don't exactly trust them to figure it out for the entire regular season. I think that some of their win totals are inflated. So I had a bit of a hard time with the Western Conference because there are a lot more Eastern Conference teams that I like in the grand scheme of things in comparison.
0: Yeah, 100%, yeah. So, uh yeah, let's dive into the win totals. Before we do that, let's take one quick break here from our sponsors and we'll be right back and we'll dive into those win totals. Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all your favorite teams, players and sports from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football and more. Great promos, odds and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, we have what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer risk-free $1,000 sports bet download bet win. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Go check out the new propswap.com which is packed with fresh and fresh features like filtering tickets based on value to find the best odds available, browse the activity fee to stay in the know, a loyalty rewards program that turns sales into extra cash and much more. Use a promo code SGP on your first deposit and PropSwap will match it up to $500. If you love sports betting, you need to be using PropSwap. With PropSwap, your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money, it just needs to improve. When making your bet, always make sure to go for two. Make two tickets on the same team or player so you can sell one for a profit and keep one to yourself for some skin in the game. Thousands of buyers across the country are shopping for tickets on PropSwap every day. Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. All right, coming off of the break. uh, Scott, I'll kick it to you, man. Uh, Let's start with your first uh, win total for the Western Conference here.
1: So just for the record, these are not ranked in confidence. These are just one through five. I just picked them out randomly. So the first one, I'm taking an under, and it involves the New Orleans Pelicans. And I like the under 39.5 at around minus 110. This team won 31 games last year, Mm -hmm. which, of course, if you end up pacing that out to an 82-game season, that's 35.3 wins. Right Now you look at the offseason, they traded Adams for Valanciunas. Which is an upgrade offensively. Defensively, of course, Adams is a solid center. But they lost Alonzo in free agency. They acquired Devontae Graham and Garrett Temple. Now, Devontae Graham, bit of an interesting fit there for first-round pick. We'll mm-hmm. we'll see how that works out. They got a brand new head coach in Willie Green, as he ended up taking over for Van Gundy. But one of the later developments over the last week or so was the foot surgery for Zion. So yeah. of course he should be healthy by The first game, but the question is, with Zion's injury history, is he going to survive a full 82 games, which remains a serious question mark whether he gets injured or if New Orleans coddles him again? Because we've seen that in the past. But I just don't understand how a 31 win team with a brand new head coach and a superstar who had foot surgery during the offseason is projected to win based in, uh, act the actual percentages, four more games than last year because they were on pace for 35.3 last year. Mm-hmm. I got to take the under. I just don't think this team's going to be very good. I think this team can be okay or fun to watch on paper. I'm still not sure if Zion and Ingram are going to fit well together. I personally don't think they're a good duo, but nope. we'll see. That total's too high for me. I got to take the under.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. This was one of the ones that I was going to write down, but... Um... I agree with you 100%. I think the big head scratch when we had talked about this early on where we were doing uh, off-season previews was the trade for Devontae Graham that they gave up a first-round pick for, which uh, let's give it a chance before we, we I guess, dissect it. But on looking out and zooming out and looking at it, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense for what, what the Pelicans are doing. And it seems like what direction do they want to go in? It, it, it's it, we don't have a clear direction. It, and their GM, I think this guy is the most overrated GM in 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 basketball. And I don't. You're I,
1: not a Griffin guy.
0: Oh no, I don't think anybody is. <laughs> um, but I agree with you with the with the Brandon Ingram and Zion thing. Who knows? Who do you think that Brandon Ingram is going to be on this roster come trade deadline? If they're if they have like what twenty. 25 wins at that point where they're at the trade deadline, I don't think he's going to be on this roster.
1: I don't think you should be. I, truth is, I thought that New Orleans should have tried to trade him during the past offseason because I don't know how much longer you need to see them together to realize that Ingram will never be a Robin. And on this team, yeah. Zion's got to be Batman. It is what right. it is.
0: Yeah, And Zion's what, the face of the end or the youth movement that we talk about. I think Zion's one of those top guys along with guys like Trey Young and Devin Booker to be the next the next wave you can talk about as, as the NBA, the face of the NBA franchises. Um, Yeah. I agree with everything you said, man, especially when you have a new head coach coming in, it's going to take a while for them to integrate a new offensive system and things like that. So on, 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 on paper, it looks like why did the book set out a number of, would you say the number 39 and a half? Yeah. Yeah there's nothing that happened on the off season that improves this team by that much from year over year. So I agree with everything that you said there. So the first one for Scott is Pelicans under the 39 and a half. And I agree with that one. Um, For the first one for myself, um, I'm going to go with the Blazers. I'm going to go over 44 and a half here. And I think that the, a lot of points that we were talking about with the Western conference and where you said, this might be a boomer bust year. I think this is an important, probably the one of the most important seasons for the Blazers in a very long time, just because of what happened at the end of the season that we were hearing about with Damian Lillard. And I think this may determine if he stays or ultimately decides to leave, right? They made some good moves in the offseason, right? They re-signed Norman Powell, uh, who's a great another scoring option next to Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. I love the trade that they got for uh, uh, Larry Nance. This guy can be really good in the pick-and-roll along, giving them some length on the defensive end and some room protection, a guy that can block shots. Um, And Like I said, with Norman Powell, he can take some of that scoring pressure off of Damian Lillard and CJ uh, and maybe even command that second unit. I know there's a new head coach uh, in town with uh, Chauncey Billups, but the Blazers won 42 games in 70 and 40, 42 games in a 72 game season last year. And in 2019, 2020, they only won 35 in a 74 game season, but the previous seasons before that, 53 wins, 49 wins under Terry Stouts. Um, but I think, like we said, the the West is a little more wide open and weaker than it has been of the past. And I think this is a year where the Blazers can be that boom team that you mentioned, uh, Scott, that there's there's a couple teams that can be the boom. And I think the Clippers – sorry, the Blazers can be one of those teams, especially when we talked about the injuries without Kawhi and Jamal Murray and some of these other teams that are going to have to give rest to some of these guys. But I like this over for the Blazers at 44.5. Well,
1: for me, the Blazers, of course, have the upside offensively. I skipped Defense. this team because defensively they could be an absolute mess. They yeah. were last year, and I didn't really want to bother – but McCollum did miss some games last year, and they still were successful anyway. Yeah. So if McCollum stays healthy, you know the backcourt's talented enough to really outscore anybody in any given night. So I do think that they have enough scoring punch to overcome that. I think Chauncey will be fine. Yeah. At the end of the day, I've never been a Terry Stotts guy. Me I either. thought that he was an overrated coach for a long time. Mm-hmm. But still, we'll see what happens in Portland. But because of the defensive concerns, I decided to not include them in my five.
0: Who plays defense in the NBA? I mean, I don't, I don't That's know. That's a great
1: question. I'll tell you <laughs> what, though. I mean, you've got to compare everything. They got better defensively because Cantor's not there anymore, right? There you
0: go. So, addition by subtraction, right? For um, defensive purposes, yes. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I mean, they still have the scoring power, like you mentioned, obviously, when, you're, when you have Lillard, McCollum, Powell on this team. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Anthony Simons is a guy that can probably be that, that takes that next step for, for this team. Cause I think he's a very, very capable backup point guard for this team. And also like that they picked up, uh, Larry Nance jr. Uh, for this team also, I mean, he's not going to be the world difference maker, but I think he kind of does maybe slightly improve them defensively. Um, yeah. let's go to your number two, man. Who do you got?
1: So my second one, I'm going to take one of the best teams record wise in the Western conference last year. And that was the Utah jazz and I like the over 51.5 at, at minus 115. A couple reasons why. First of all, they won 52 games last year and only 72 games played, so that's just impressive in itself. Yeah. But you're looking at what Utah did during the offseason. It was pretty quiet, but that's also a good thing because that means they brought basically everybody back. The yeah. main priority was bringing back Mike Connolly. They did. They also brought in Rudy Gay and Hassan Whiteside. Now, Whiteside, I'm aware, is a defensive player who people claim is extremely elite defensively. He's really not, but he's good enough as a backup center to rim protect. And I actually think the underrated move was trading for Eric Pascal, who I liked on the bench with Golden State. Now, Utah is a team that in the playoffs, we know they're going to fall apart. It happens every year. It is what it is. But in the regular season, this team's very good. They have an identity where they're going to shoot a bunch of threes. Well, I might add and Gobert in the regular season is one of the most impactful players in the league. Playoffs, not so much, but in the regular season, he is. I do think that the Jazz have enough talent and have enough shooting and really just enough team depth overall, which is really impressive. You look at the overall roster, yep, to win fifty five games or so. I think fifty one naps
0: too low. I'm taking the over. Yeah, and this was my second one. So everything that you said, I had pretty much written down in my notes. And you know, sometimes having those same guys return. With the same goals in mind, I think that that chemistry and the bond that those guys have both on and off the court is going to be huge. And again, I wrote down getting Pascal on this team. You have, you added Hassan Wideside side, Rudy Gay, that gives some more depth to this team. But I think also one thing that I do want to mention that early on in the season last year, I know as the season progressed that there were fans starting to return to the seats, but I think. We're probably going to see more and more crowds, if not at full capacity now. And I think that Utah Jazz have one of the best home court advantages. So them being really the only professional team in that state um, with the Utah Jazz, I think they have the best or one of the biggest home court advantages. So I think that, you know, getting the crowd back in there is going to be another big thing for the Utah Jazz. So uh, I also had the over 51 and a half. So I think a double like from myself and Scott there. Uh, Let's take another break in or we're going to continue our win totals for the Western Conference. We're brought to you by Keeps. Keeps offers a simple stress-free way to keep your hair. Convenient virtual doctor consultations and medications deliver straight to your door every three months. You don't have to leave your home. Low cost treatments start at just $10 per month and Keeps offers generic versions, discreet packaging and proven results. Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors. Prevention is the key. Treatment can take up to four to six months to see results, so act fast. If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash SGP to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's keeps.com slash SGP to get your first month free. keeps.com slash SGP. We're also brought to you by Prediction Strike. Do you wish you could have had stock in a guy like Patrick Mahomes or Christian McCaffrey? Well now, Prediction Strike makes that a real possibility. Prediction Strike is the only performance-based sports stock market where you can buy and sell shares of professional athletes as if they were stocks. It's like Robin Hood and DraftKings had a baby. Prediction Strike lets fans create portfolios of their favorite athletes so they can make money and get even closer to the game. Don't just bet on your favorite players, start investing in them. Simply download the Prediction Strike's new and easy to use app from the App Store or sign up at predictionstrike.com to create an account use promo code sgpn nba then deposit funds to buy, sell and hold shares of your favorite players. Just like when you, just like you would with real stocks, the value of players will change based upon game performances and simp- and supply and demand and you can trade your shares of players at any time as long as a player isn't currently in a game. Sign up with promo code SGPNNBA to receive a free athlete share with your first deposit of $20 or more. We're also brought to you by Price Picks. Turn your picks into real cash with Prize Picks, my favorite daily fantasy app. It's fast and it's easy, and it all starts with prize picks. Simply pick two to five players and decide if they will go over or under their stat projections. The more players you pick, the more you can win, up to 10 times your money. Price Picks is the only way I play. Use promo code SGP to receive a 100 instant deposit match up to $100. That's prize Picks promo code SGP. All right, coming off of the break, let's just continue our win totals here. Uh, Scott, we both agreed on the Utah Jazz there on the over 51 and a half, so a double like uh, for both of us there. Uh, hit me with your third one, man.
1: So my third one, I'm going to take another over, and it involved a playoff team last year. The Memphis Grizzlies, and I like the over 41 and a half at minus 120. Now, this team won 38 games last year, which is on pace for 43.2 wins in an 82 game season. Mm-hmm. Now, Morant missed nine games. Yeah, the main uh point though for Memphis that this team won 38 games last year, Jaron Jackson missed 61 yep. games, mm-hmm. so he's gonna be back. Jackson, we know defensively, is extremely impactful. Even offensively, he turned himself into a pretty good three-point shooter. But he'll get the offseason moves. They traded Valanciunas for Adams, which is a slight downgrade, but they still improve defensively. Offensively, right. Valanciunas is very good, though. They ended up flipping Eric Bledsoe and Patrick Beverley. Remember when Beverley was on the Grizzlies for mm-hmm. about a day? Yeah. <laughs> uh, they they uh, ended up flipping both of them for role players, some assets, stuff like that. But the Grizzlies are a team that has a tremendous amount of grit for me. This team is just very tough. We've seen that this team battles against anybody, and even against Utah. Utah ended up winning the series pretty handily on paper. Most of the games were very close. Memphis is really not afraid to challenge anybody at any time. Morant, when healthy, is a very talented player, and I do think he's good enough to actually lead this team to a winning record this season. And 41.5, maybe it's just the one game against Golden State on the road that they ended up winning for the play-in game. Mm-hmm. But they showed to me that they are ready in their minds to just be dogs out there. And yeah. I feel like the Grizzlies at 41 and a half. they have an identity. They have a pretty talented roster, in my opinion, or at least an underrated roster. I like the over. I think this team will probably win 43
0: games. Yeah. And uh, speaking, just, I agree with everything you said. I, this was one of the ones I also did look at as the over, um, but didn't have it right down on my list. It's probably going to have been my sixth or seventh one, but um, everything that you said, I think uh, the, the the construction of this roster and the depth on this roster, the young talent that they have, right? Brandon Clark, I think underrated guy. A lot of times that we don't talk about Xavier Tillman, Desmond Bain. Um, they also added Jared Culver in the offseason, season, uh, D'Anthony Milton. So the names go on and on for this roster. Um And when you talk about it, you hit the nail on the head. When you talk, when you think about the Memphis Grizzlies, it's grit, right? They're that blue collar team that are going to hustle for those loose balls. They're going to play hard on the defensive end. And I really also do like their head coach, Taylor Jenkins, who, you know, you have John Moran. I think that he's going to take another step forward this season and getting Triple J back, who missed, like you mentioned, 61 games last season. I think him at that power forward position who could knock down that three-point shot for you also, Steven Adams, I do like the addition because defensively, it does make them better. Slight downgrade on offense, like you mentioned, but I think there's more than capable guys that can score the basketball for them from the depth that they have. Not only John Moran, I want to see him take on more of a scoring role this season. I think this is a guy that can easily average 20 plus points per game. And I really want to see John Moran kind of take that next step. So I 100% agree with this one. So your third one, we got Memphis Grizzlies over the, what was the number again? Uh, 41 and a half, 41 and and a half minus one. Yeah. Okay. So for my third one, um, I'm going to take an under here. I'm going to go with the Sacramento Kings under the 36 and a half. And I really don't understand this win total, right? I think the the Kings really didn't do anything in the off season to really improve this roster. I'm pretty sure that buddy healed is not going to be on this roster. Come the trade deadline, because last year during the trade deadline, we heard rumors about him being traded the offseason before the Westbrook trade went down with the Lakers, it seemed like Buddy Hield was headed to the Lakers. And I think the biggest thing for me, Luke Walton is still the head coach of this team. We heard numerous times last season that this was probably going to be his last season with the Kings or he was going to be fired, that he's going to be on the hot seat. I, and the, I went and kind of looked back at the winning percentage. The Kings have had one season in the past 13 years where they had 37 wins, and that was back in 2018 and 2019. But to get to the 37 wins, you need a winning percentage of 45% or better. And that's only happened twice for them over the last 13 seasons, 2018, 2019. Like I mentioned, it was way back in 2007, 2008. And lastly, I think the division that they play in, in the Western Conference is probably the toughest one with the two LA teams. You have the Phoenix Suns that won the Western Conference last year. And then also you have the Golden State Warriors in that uh, division. So for me, uh, I love De'Aaron Fox. He's one of my favorite players to watch. Uh, but I think, again, defensively, this team, I think, is going to struggle again. And I, I don't see why this number is at 36 and a half. And I don't think that Lou Walton's going to finish as a head coach of this team.
1: Yeah, this was my sixth. So I didn't make the list for five, but I definitely was looking at the under. All the reasons you said. It's so funny to me that Luke Walton's still there. Where <laughs> I was doing the research and I had to confirm that he was still the head coach because yeah, so <laughs> everyone has assumed he was going to get fired for the last two, three years, and he's still hanging around. They did pick up Davion Mitchell in the draft, who yeah. I do like a lot, but offensively, I'm not sure if he'll contribute immediately, especially with him basically being behind the Aaron Fox and Halliburton on the depth chart. I think defensively, he's fantastic, so we'll see yeah. what happens. But the Kings, there's a reason why they have the longest playoff drought in the league. It's because yeah. they're not run well. We know the coach isn't very good. They're in a really tough division, as you said, and that's a lot of division games he got there that they're probably mm-hmm. going to lose the majority of. Yeah, yeah I kind of have to like the under as well. This team maybe can show flashes at times, which they usually do for about a week during the entire season.
0: Yeah, that's kind <laughs> of it.
1: Now, Buddy Heald, I actually think might stay on the team. Okay. Because he should have been traded about three separate times over the last year and a half, and he's still there. Kind of like Luke Walton syndrome, where you're not sure why he's still there, but he's still there. Yeah. Uh, same thing with Bagley because he shouldn't be there either when himself and his family basically said, get me out of here. Mm-hmm. And the King said, I don't think I will. And he's still for some reason on the roster, but Sacramento, what a mess of an organization, man. It really
0: is. I mean, I'm, I hope that some of these organizations that have the young stars that get disgruntled. I I hope that De'Aaron Fox isn't one of those guys because he's one of the fastest guys in this league. And I think he has a lot of talent. So I, they need to fix it sooner rather than later. And that should have been like two seasons ago when you got De'Aaron Fox on this team, that's where you really should have restarted building around this guy. And I mean, you brought in Tyrese Halliburton last year. I think he should take a step forward this coming season, but I'm excited for that backcourt. But other than that, this roster is going to be a complete mess, um, you know, going forward. And I think Luke Walton, if you have odds on your books to be the first coach fired I would probably put some money down on that because, again, like we mentioned, Scott and I mentioned, why is this guy still the head coach of the Sacramento Kings team? Um, going on to your fourth one, Scott, what do you got for us?
1: So for this one, I'm going to take it under as well. Okay. Uh, it's going to be on the Dallas Mavericks.
0: I, have I, that like one the, too.
1: <laughs> I like the under 48 and a half at minus 120 on DraftKings. They won 42 games last year, which mm-hmm. is on pace for 47.8 in an 82-game season. Now you look at the offseason – And they didn't really do much in terms of splash moves. They re-signed Tim Hardaway Jr. They re-signed Boban, which is always a fun time. Uh, They signed Reggie Bullock and Sterling Brown for some three-point shooting. But the main move involves the coaching change because Rick Carlisle is no longer there. And they brought in Jason Kidd. Now, Jason Kidd, as a Nets fan, I am a huge fan of him all time as a player. As a coach, not so much. I thought that he was okay as a coach back uh, when they still had Garnett and Paul Pearson, whatever the hell Billy King was trying to do as GM of that team. But anyway, I didn't think Jason Kidd was a great coach. I think he's okay. He went to Milwaukee. He was fine. I know his defense was extremely lackluster because he gave up a ton of corner threes with his current system, and that was kind of why he ended up getting a run out of town. But you're looking at the comparison between Kidd and Carlisle it's a clear downgrade. Carlisle's a great coach. I'm sure he'll do really well in Indiana. But I think Kid will take maybe a year or two to actually adjust to the current roster. I still have questions about Porzingis, who yep. we both know, even if he ends up going back to his great form, which I doubt, but even if he does, he'll get injured at some point. I don't want to sound harsh, it's the way it is. He's just an injury prone player, which makes sense because he's a unicorn who runs extremely well for a 7 2 guy but he's proven in the past that his legs can't hold up. And I'm concerned that he's going to not be able to play more than 60 games in an 82 game season. So if he gets injured, do I think Dallas has a shot to get over this total? No. If he stays healthy, do I think Dallas is a lock to go over? No. So with yeah. all things being considered, I'm taking the under.
0: Yeah, I agree with everything that you said. This was my uh, fifth one and, and I'll uh, kind of just going off of what you said. Right. And, I thought that when we did the season wrap-up show that I thought this was going to be a huge offseason for the Dallas Mavericks because, number one, Luka was up for the contract extension. Nobody Mm -hmm. thought that he was going to leave. He signed the extension. Now you have Luka around probably for the rest of his career. Um, Getting to 49 wins, they have to have a winning percentage of at least 60%, and they essentially returned the core of the roster. I mean, like you mentioned, the guys that you mentioned that they... Added with the Bullocks and, and the Moses Brown trade they made with Boston, um, they re-signed Tim Hardaway Jr. But essentially, pretty much is the same roster, right? Those guys uh, are fine. I don't think they're yeah, going to move the needle. That exactly, time. it's not going to move the needle. That's exactly what I wrote down. And and this is a high number for the Dallas Mavericks, right? I mean, they are in a weaker division with the Rockets, with the Pelicans, with the with the San Antonio Spurs. But the last time the Mavs had a winning. A season or a winning percentage of over 600 It's only been three times over the last 10 years. The last time was almost seven seasons ago. And like you mentioned, with Jason Kidd, they have brand new head coaching staff. Last season they lost um Steven salads to the Rockets, who was pretty much the guru behind their offensive system. Now Rick Carlisle has gone to the Indiana Pacers. And Jason Kidd, he hasn't even sniffed 49 wins in his coaching young coaching career. I think it was only five seasons, right? The closest he and got that was, was
1: with Giannis and Middleton, by the way. Yeah.
0: And that was the closest he's got to 49 was 44 in the 2013, 2014 season. So um,
1: I think it's a playoff team, but yeah, hundred percent is too high. Yeah.
0: But I think they're more of a 45, 44 mm-hmm. win team. And again, the whole thing with KP, again, we, we heard the rumors that he was kind of disgruntled and, be one of the same accolades or, or the same attention that Luca was getting, but buddy, you're not going to get that. Luca is on a whole other level. He's one of the best players in the league. You're not going to get those accolades. So, um, who knows if they fix fix that relationship, whatever the case might be. But again, the injury thing, like you mentioned, Scott with KP, he's going to miss 20 plus games again, the season. There's no doubt about that. We can write that down and cement that he's going to miss those games. So um, it always makes me nervous when you have a new coaching staff and things like that. Now, Jason Kidd, I I think kind of, for me, at least moves a needle back from Rick Carlisle, but Mm -hmm. we'll see what happens. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, So that will be four from us each. Let's take one last break and we'll get into our very last um, win total. We'll throw out a best bet and any closing thoughts on the Western conference we're brought to you by Mint Mobile. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by big wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I first heard that Mint Mobile offers premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month, I thought, what's the catch? But after speaking with them and using their service, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they're the first company to sell wireless service online only. By cutting out retail stores, there's no crazy overhead costs that get passed down to you in the form of mystery fees. Instead, Mint just passes on sweet savings direct to you. For people looking for extra savings, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless service for just 15 bucks a month. All plans come with unlimited talk and text, plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number as long, as well as your existing contacts, and if you're not 100% satisfied, Mint Mobile has you covered with their 7-day money-back guarantee. Switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just $15 a month. To get your new wireless plan for just $15 a month, get the plan shipped to your door for free. Go to mintmobile.com slash sportsgp. That's mintmobile.com sportsgp. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com sportsgp. And last but certainly not least, make sure to download the SGPN app. The SGPN app is now live in the App Store and Google Play Store. The app gives you easy access to all of our picks and podcasts. Don't forget to also toss up an app review and download the SGPN app today. All right, coming off of the break, Scott, hit me with your, last uh win total for the Western conference.
1: So this last one, I said I had a hard time finding a fifth. Those four just jumped off the page for me. But the fifth one, I'm gonna gamble on a team that has some injury issues going into the year. It's the Denver Nuggets. Okay. And I like the over 47 and a half at even money. Now a couple reasons why I like the over. First of all, this team won 47 games last year, which is on pace for 53.5 in an 82 game season. Now we already know elephant in the room, Jamal is gonna be out indefinitely. Probably going to miss seventy something percent, if not more, of the season. Yeah. However, he did miss twenty four games last year in a shortened season, mm-hmm. and the Nuggets without him went sixteen and eight. So this team was actually pretty good when Murray was not on the floor. Now I know it's different in a small sample size and a vacuum of about a month in comparison to an entire eighty two games. But the Nuggets did prove even without Jamal Murray, this team found ways to. Let's just say deal with the absence and still be successful. Now, looking at the offseason moves, they lost Paul Millsap, who's a veteran leader. I'm not sure if he's much of a producer at this point in terms of stats, but he ended up going to the Nets. Uh, They ended up taking Jeff Green away from the Nets uh, by coincidence, and I I thought Jeff Green was phenomenal last year. Uh, He's just a very solid three-point shooter. Veteran presence, I feel like he's a perfect fit. Absolute steal of a contract, by the way. I'm not exactly sure how Jeff Green only made that amount of money. Mm Mm-hmm. His agent should probably be fired. He should have made a lot more than that. (laughs) But they ended up re-signing Aaron Gordon. Now, Gordon, they brought him midway through the season. So you have to factor that in because the first half of the year, especially defensively, this team was a mess. Now, the team wasn't good defensively in the end, but Gordon helped at least provide a consistency on the defensive end. But 47.5, I do think sounds a little low for a team that with all of the issues last year, with Murray being injured and missing 24 games anyway, with the awful defense before Gordon got there, this team still won 47 games. Mm-hmm. I think 47 and a half is too low. We know Jokic is going to do Jokic things offensively without Murray, or he'll find a way to still put up 30 something points and do his thing. I just think it's totals too low. I like the over.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I think that if there's a team that is going to miss their starting point guard, I think they have enough to compensate for it, right? Mm-hmm. Between Compazzo from Monte Morris to Austin rivers Obviously, they're not at the Jamal Murray level, but by I think by committee, they'll be able to compensate what will be missed by Jamal Murray. And then again, I agree with everything that you said, that the two greens that they got, or Jamal Green and Jeff Green, I think that's great depth for this roster. And then pre-signing Aaron Gordon um, for this team was, was absolutely big. And like you mentioned, that he was brought in midway through the season. Now he has that full offseason. He has that full training camp to kind of get acclimated to the system and what they want to run with the Denver Nuggets. I want to ask you about Michael Porter Jr. because there's been so much hype yeah. around this guy. We've seen the flashes. Um, for me, again, last season during the playoffs, he was getting off the red-hot starts right in the first quarter. We saw where he dropped. I think there's a couple games where he had 20-plus like points in the first quarter. But for me, for Michael Porter, I think that we need to see it consistently through four quarters. He needs to take, t- take that next step and live up to the hype that we've seen. He has the potential. It's there. He's going to have to really help uh, with the, help the Joker take some of that scoring pressure and having to be that guy off of that pressure from Joker and kind of take that next step up for him. He signed a huge contract in the offseason, but I kind of want to get your thoughts on Michael Porter Jr. for this team.
1: Well, that's kind of why I was looking at what happened last year and how when Murray was out, Porter was able to step up and embrace right. a bigger role for himself. Now, the reason – why I'll disclose that this was my least favorite of the win totals I gave out involves Michael Porter jr. And it's the fact that he's not vaccinated. Right. So I don't exactly know how many games he's actually going to be able to play in. And that's always the annoying part about trying to predict win totals for teams that have one of their best players uh, potentially be unavailable for X amount of time. Now it's not as bad as the Kyrie situation in Brooklyn, because he might not be able to play any home games this season, which Mm. is just completely insane. But the point is Porter (laughs) Jr., he got COVID twice. He still didn't want to get vaccinated. Now, Wiggins didn't want to get vaccinated either. He eventually caved. So we'll see if Michael Porter Jr. ends up getting it. But that's why I'm a little bit concerned, because is there a chance that Porter Jr. misses some games because he didn't want to get vaccinated? Yes, but I'm assuming he'll play the majority of the games And if that's the case, I like the over, but that is the caveat I have to mention. Whether or not you think that the athletes should get vaccinated or not, the point is if you're going to be gambling on a season-long win total, I need to have some vague estimation of how many games your best players are going to play. And without Murray, Porter's easily the second-best player on this team.
0: 100% agree. Yeah, that whole vaccination thing is, is up in the air for Michael Porter. Like you mentioned, Wiggins did get it done. Um, to get back on this roster for for the Golden State Warriors, so um hopefully, you know, don't want to get political about it on our show and our gambling yeah. podcast, but for a
1: gambling um, perspective, yeah, I think that
0: is something that we do have to mention, right? If you are playing a Denver Nuggets win total, that is something that you do have to keep in mind about the vaccination requirements for for different cities and things like that, and and the personal decisions, whatever that may be for some of these players. So from gambling perspective, definitely you need to know what the status is for some of these teams. Um which we'll kind transitions to my last one. Um mm-hmm. this either gonna it's either I'm gonna look like a, a smart bet, or I'm gonna look like a complete idiot. And I think it's the game or team that we had mentioned earlier that has that boomer bust potential. And I'm just gonna take go, the
1: rockets, just take the rockets already. I know you.
0: No, 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 it's not the rockets. Not I, the I'm gonna rockets. go the Golden State Warriors here, and, and I'm gonna take the over 47 and a half wins here. Um, again, the big question mark is of you know, Clay, if he's gonna be able to not gonna be the guy that we've seen when before he had the two catastrophic injuries, but. I think this is going to be a good bounce back year for the Warriors, right? They'll get Clay Black sometime December or early in 2022. Um, but I like the roster outside of Steph Curry and De- uh, Draymond Green, right? I think Jordan Poole is going to be that guy that's going to have a big year for the Warriors. He had a great preseason game. Number one, I understand it's preseason, but I think the flashes we saw even last season in meaningful games where Jordan Poole was really good for this team. Um, we just mentioned that Andrew Wiggins did get vaccinated. He looked pretty good in the first preseason game for the Warriors. And I like the depth on this team, right? Otto Porter Jr. Um, they added, they have Juan Toscano Anderson from last year, Damian Lee, um, Andre Iguodala's back. James Wiseman is the big question mark for me, but I think with a proper offseason, season, uh, he'll be able to contribute for this team. he um, will miss some time, of course, but he will be back at some point. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, I'm not sure what exactly or if Jonathan Kaminga or Moses Moody are even going to see minutes at the NBA level. But I think the Warriors are in that position we talked about early in the show in that in that boomer bust situation. I think I'm going to go more with a boom. Um, And who knows? They still have the young assets on this team to make a move or a trade for a guy like a Bradley Beal, right? You have Jonathan Kaminga, you have Moses Moody, you have James Weissman, you have the young assets to make a move if a team that wants to go in a young direction. So obviously with Steph Curry on this roster, you always have a chance to win games. So I took as my last one, Golden State over 47 and a half wins. I think I'm more higher on this team than I think the market might be or even any other NBA better. But um, I think this is a great prime position. When we talked about how The Western Conference is a bit weaker than it is of the past. I think that sets up really well for the Golden State Warriors.
1: Yeah, I agree that with the overall weak nature of the conference, that it would make sense to gamble on a team that's dealing with a couple of injuries because the upside is clearly there. Yeah, I was kind of trolling with the Houston thing because I know (laughs) that you've been pushing or we have been for Jalen Green to win rookie of the year and we like the overall makeup or at least the direction that team is heading in. Yeah. There's still a year or two away before any type of sniff of being competitive. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of curious if you would bite the bullet and take Houston in uh, Green's rookie season, but you did not. So a bit disappointed there. But anyway, <laughs> looking at the Warriors, I feel like the reason why I didn't touch this team was because there's really no timetable for Wiseman and for Clay. Yeah. You've heard rumors about Christmas, around New Year's. Are those rumors legitimate? I have no idea. Nobody really knows. But the Warriors somehow made it to the play-in game last year. Mm -hmm. And that team did not deserve to be in the play-in game because that team was not very good. They got in because, well, to be honest, San Antonio was kind of awful. And San Antonio being in a play-in game, too, was kind of hilarious because that team just wasn't very talented. Yeah. So I think Golden State will find a way to – I'd say hover around 50 games. I'm not sure if they'll get to 50, but if they win 49 or so, that would not surprise anybody. Yeah. We both gambled on an injury team. Mine's more for the fact that, in addition to the Jamal Murray stuff, I don't even know what Porter's availability is now anymore. But the Warriors, you know that they have the championship mindset. They have a trustworthy coach in Kerr. So the framework's going to be in place. I do think Kaminga's going to play a little bit because of how sharp he actually looked in the summer league and the fact that physically, that guy's a strong dude. Like He can potentially dominate in some one-on-one spots there. He's still very raw, but we'll see if that develops. Moody, I think, can shoot. He'll be a nice backup guard. I think Jordan pulls a sleeper to win sixth man of the year. I don't think he's going to win the award, Yeah, but if you want to just see what he did at the end of last year, tailing over into this season... The guy can put up points in a hurry off the bench, and I do think he can provide you a nice punch. So I think Golden State, it's going to be a sweat one way or another. It is, yeah. I, don't, I don't think it easily goes under or easily goes over. I think you're probably in the last week needing to win a game or two. So I think it's close, but I do think eventually they'll go over.
0: Yeah, and I think this is what I wrote down as last one uh, for me as Golden State. Like I said, the fifth one was hard to find, but I know we had uh, two agreements um, on our list and then, uh, you know, with Golden State, I think that, you know, if they're able to say healthy, biggest question mark for any team, obviously. But with Golden State Warriors, I think that they could be primed if they do well, probably a top three or even a four seed in the Western Conference. Um, Scott, any other general thoughts for the Western Conference or any teams that we didn't talk about uh, this morning that you want to hit on uh, or any other general thoughts?
1: Well, one team that I'm kind of fascinated by, I wasn't really sure what to think from an over or an under – but it's Oklahoma City. It was, Because yeah. this team was actually decent for – decent, you know, relatively speaking. But the point is, for a couple of months, they were fine. And then they decided to bench a healthy Al Horford and completely punt the season. Now, I loved it because I faded them for their entire losing streak and it was fantastic. But the point is that I don't know when this team is actually healthy, what the ceiling is for this team. Because I think Gildas Alexander is a very good player. But they fully, fully punted last year. So you can look at the record and go, oh, this team's awful. But if you include the narrative behind it, they have a really low win total. If they don't bench everybody and they try to keep everyone in the lineup, I actually think this team could maybe win 26 games or so. I think their win total is a little bit low. You?
0: Yeah, this was one of the ones I struggled with because... I couldn't gamble
1: on it. I didn't have the guts to, but... It's tough
0: on what they want to do because of all the the draft picks that they have, it's at what point are they going to cash in on those picks, right? Mm -hmm. And I think this may be another year where they possibly try to get into that top three pick and then start making the moves to be competitive. But uh, again, yeah, like you mentioned... This was. I looked at that win total. It did seem a little low with the talent that they do have on this team. So if it comes to a point, again, where they want to punt on the season and then get another really high draft pick, possibly a top four pick in the next year's draft, that might be something that they want to do because, again, they'll be the bottom three, bottom four in Western Conference, no doubt. But if all these guys are healthy and playing, yeah, they can win 26, 27 games like you mentioned. But you know, gun to my head. If we had to pick, I think we would probably take the over, right?
1: I'd, I'd lean that way. Now, of course, Horford's yeah. no longer there. Right. I just threw them out because I found that one of the most puzzling teams in the league for a win total because you really don't know what direction they're going to go in. Yeah. But all I know is that Gildas Alexander didn't really play that much last year, especially mm-hmm. in the second half.
0: And he got a big contract. That guy's really, yeah. really good. Like, he's yeah, the he kind
1: of guy who, if he plays even 50 something games, They'll be in a lot more competitive games than people think. I don't think Giddy's going to play any factor his rookie season, though.
0: No, he won't. Um, So, yeah, I think SGA, you know, he got the big contract in the offseason. He's just really good. Yeah, I like watching him play. I didn't think last season, especially in our NBA Slack channel, we were talking about taking, you know, uh, Shea Gilkis-Alexander's points, rebounds, assists, assists, Mm three-point shots made. So, and it was cashing fairly easily by, like, halftime or, like, midway through the third quarter. So, I think that's another play that we'll probably keep an eye on because he's in a very, very small market that, you know, maybe they're not paying attention to. So I think, you know, we'll be we'll keeping keep track of that. Um, Scott, let's wrap it up with a best bad man. Of the five that you gave out, um, if you had to, you know, somebody gave you a $1,000, who would that one team be that you're putting uh, your money on?
1: I'm taking the Pelicans under. It just okay. so happened to be the first team that I mentioned. But at the end of the day, this total's way too high. I did not like their offseason at all. I do think that hiring Willie Green uh, to end up replacing Van Gundy's an upgrade, mm-hmm. but that's solely because Van Gundy's no longer there, so you could have yeah. hired anybody and it would have been considered an upgrade. But I just don't really understand what the goal is of this team because you're trying to stay somewhat competitive in order to persuade Zion to sign the super extension, you know with your team mm-hmm. And then you look at what they did on paper to allegedly try to be competitive. And I don't know what the hell they're doing. Yeah, because he ended up getting, uh, you ended up getting Valanciunas, who's going to help offensively, but defensively they're going to be even worse, which is somehow possible because defensively this team was awful last year. Lonzo was their best perimeter defender. He's gone. You replace him with basically a three point specialist point guard in Devontae Graham and Garrett Temple, who was never a great defensive guy either. And Zion's all foot surgery. Yeah. So I liked the under before the foot surgery. But I got to take the under on the Pelicans. This team should win probably like 34 games or so.
0: You? Yeah, I agree with everything that you said with the Pelicans. And again, this is Zion's third year in the NBA, third different head coach, right? He went from Alvin Gentry to SVG, and now you have Willie Green coming over. So it's going to be hard to now, right now the direction of where the Pelicans want to go. It's going to be very, very – seems like very hard to convince Zion to sign that Supermax because it almost – makes maybe sense for him to leave from from New Orleans Pelicans because they don't have a clear direction on what they want to do with the organization. So,
1: For the record, I think he'll sign anyway just for the yeah. best payday. But yeah,
0: of course, 100%, right? The point but, is
1: that the idea – sorry, just quickly. The point of the idea was let's make this team competitive just so it's more manageable for Zion to actually enjoy his time here. And they have done the opposite of that. This team <laughs> just isn't very
0: good. Yeah. And there's also the BI factor, too, right? Like yeah. he could be traded at the trade deadline, too. Also, so and a couple draft
1: picks and suddenly you're missing a 20 something point score.
0: Yeah. And then, you know, at that point, you you can pretty much lock it up that mm. there's no incentive for Zion to play either. So this might be where they might want to bend Zion from risking injury. Um, For my best bet, I got to go with the Sacramento Kings under, man. 36 and a half. Again, we, for all the reasons that we talked about, we didn't go through it again. I think the main handicap is to uh, the one name on why he's still the head coach of this team is Luke Walden. And, you know, as long as w- Luke Walden is the head coach, I'm going to feel good about this under 36 and a half. Didn't do much to improve this roster. Yeah, you have Aaron Fox, you have Tyrese Halliburton, but other than that, I don't, I'm don't. i not a believer in Luke Walden as a head coach for this team. And again, I think this is another organization like the Pelicans. We don't know what the direction is for this team. And if they're going to keep the same roster um, as last year, pretty much, I, I don't think that they're going to win 37 games uh, come next season in this Western conference. Uh, so that'll wrap it up for our NBA Western conference, regular season win totals. Uh, we'll have more content coming out next week on the NBA gambling podcast, as we get days and days closer to the NBA tipping off on October 19th. Um, Scott, uh, let the people know what you're working on, where they can find you and anything that you want to plug, bud.
1: Cool. So you can find me on Twitter at Reichel Radio, R-E-I-C-H-E-O Radio, all one word. Other than that, ton of editing. Uh, what for the uh, sports gambling podcast network doing the NBA podcast stuff, the MLB podcast stuff, the golf gambling podcast stuff, the propcast gambling podcast stuff. Basically everything Munaf's involved in <laughs> when it comes to podcasting. Uh, but other than that, also doing fantasy football articles, yeah. pretty much weekly at this point. Also do the rankings every week, which so far have gone pretty well. So if you want fantasy football help, I got you covered. Other than that, uh, doing YouTube stuff. Uh, So I have uh, daily free picks I give out on YouTube. I also have a radio show or a podcast that I'm also working on. So yeah, doing a lot of stuff. I don't really know how I find the time in the day, but I find a way. And uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun talking about the NBA win totals with you.
0: Yeah, 100%. And Scott's the man behind the scenes. uh, That's that handles all the podcast editing. So big thank you again for doing all that for SGPN, Scott. Uh, Definitely check out Scott on the uh, website with the fantasy football uh, rankings that he does every single week. I'm always in there looking at all the fantasy football stuff that Scott and the the team that they have, putting out all the articles week in and week out. And definitely check out uh, Scott on his Twitter Like he said, he drops free picks every single day. I see more check marks and X marks when he's recapping his picks. Um, uh, Scott had me on on his radio show, which was a lot of fun. So definitely check out Scott on his radio show. And last but not least, um, we're doing 30 teams in 30 days uh, team previews, betting previews, gambling guides, and fantasy advice over on sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Uh, we're cranking them out every single day. I believe we're about more than halfway through the list. So if you are looking for fantasy advice or, or you know, what the outlook for your particular favorite team is or win totals that you're looking at, definitely check out the website. Uh, just go to sports hit that NBA tab, and you'll see all the team previews there till then guys, good luck with your bets this week. Um, again, Join us in the Slack channel sg.pn slash slack all different type of channels in there. Till then we'll talk to you guys next week. Let's break them books and let it ride.